So today's episode will be about me sending a magical email to an old customer uh, that we have not been communicating with for the past 12 months. And we'll see how that reboots our relationship and what exactly I wrote and why it worked. So I'm really proud to present to you the first episode of Raising Unicorn uh, podcast. And uh, this email and this episode will be tremendously helpful to all of you guys who had customers in the past, but you lost touch or you've met people at networking events that you wanted to work with. And then you had a couple of exchanges, but you lost touch. Basically, anyone that you want to work with again, but you lost touch with them, surprisingly, not a lot of people really know how to resurrect those relationships correctly. And today, I'm just going to tell you how to do that. Before I do that, please don't forget to subscribe and like and share if you like what you hear. Um, also, you can find all this information on RaisingUnicorn.com or in my Instagram, which is RaisingUnicorn. Um, you will find a lot of valuable stuff in there if you're in business development, if you're in tech, or if you're just in marketing and, 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 and sales and you want to know, you want to learn how to build those business relationships so they could last. And especially if you want to sell through the VIP, because that's what I, I've been doing for the past 10 years and what I'm really good at. All right, let's get right to it. So basically, uh, I sent that email on July 11th. And I wrote an article about it. The article is called How to Reboot an Old Business Relationship with One Magical Email. And the subtitle says, use this email template to help your old clients say yes to you again. Because that's exactly what the, you know, what the purpose of this is. I'm going to shoot a separate video with deeper insights into this case because it's really important that you understand all the context of this business relationship. But for now, here's a text uh, or voice audio version that you can already copy and paste into your situation and I'm sure you'll do good. So, a year ago, my software company, Techery, and one of its long-term clients out of Texas mutually decided to part ways. The reason our relationships became complicated in all possible ways and both parties were struggling. It's important to stress this vital idea, though, uh, again, before we proceed further with the analysis. There is no such thing as business relationships in business. Surprise, surprise, there are only personal relationships between people who do business together. Let me repeat this. There is no such thing as business relationships in business. There are only personal relationships between people who do business together. It means that you cannot have a business relationship with a company, just like you can't have a relationship with a desk or a chair or a car. You can have a relationship with a person who works in that company and you somehow know a lot of things from the person's private and business life, uh, as well as that person knows a lot of the stuff about you and that forms the relationship, but it forms in exactly the same manner as any other relationship forms in the world. So every time I use the term business relationship, I never mean a relationship between a person and the company, just want to make that clear, because that's nonsense. It's always a relationship between you and a decision maker inside a company. 
So I haven't spoken to the founder of this $1 billion company since summer 2018, and it's now July 11th, 2019. So last night I sent him uh, and the company president the following email. The, the email was called Reboot. Hey, gentlemen, can you imagine it's been a year since we had those amazing stakes at Bob's? I've been in contact with some of your field leaders all this time, and I'm excited and happy your company is back on track and that your recent decisions have paid off. I also suspect the vision you guys had, the grand one, is still relevant. And if you, like me, have a feeling of some major unfinished task that's hanging over your bed at night, just like that sword from the Greek myths, hit me up. Perhaps it's time to reboot our relationship P.S. Yeah, I know you have IT, but you need innovation. It can be done from the inside. I even wrote an article about it and the link to the article. That's it. Cheers. So four hours later, I received this message from the founder. Call me and the number. Ideally, I would have called him right back, but unfortunately, uh, it was 4.47 a.m. for me since I'm in Rome with my family right now. And 4.47 a.m. is just 40 minutes before I would wake up. I'm going to call him in 15 minutes. Yes, that's happening live. Obviously, I have no idea where the, call will where the call will take us. But I can tell you from experience, call me is the best response you can get in this situation. And actually, as I'm finishing this post and this audio right now, uh, six days later, six days later, I know exactly how the call went, and I'm excited to share some of the details at the end of this uh, episode. So keep listening. So what did I do right? Why did my email trigger that call me response? Let's take a closer look at my email section by section. You will see that it's not as simple as it might seem at first sight. Keep it informal and personal. So I'm writing, "Hey, gentlemen." Can you imagine it's been a year since we had those amazing steaks at Bob's? So I used hey instead of hello or hi. And then I used gentlemen instead of using their names. Let's compare our emotional response after reading these two intros. Hey, gentlemen. You don't feel intimidated by this intro, do you? You haven't heard from the guy for a year. Your first thought before you start reading the email is that he'd be trying to sell you something. And then you read an informal intro and you drop your guard a little. You're no longer expecting this to be a cold email with some formal pitch dozens of other companies bombard you with daily. Keep in mind, though, using guys instead of gentlemen to make your intro informal would be a little too casual and won't do the trick. Now, the second intro. Hi, Jim. Robert, right away you feel stiff. Your name sounds formal and heavy. Separating names by commas always pushes someone behind and makes them feel less important. You want to avoid that at all costs. This intro sounds cold and unwelcoming, despite being personalized. Surprise, surprise. And then comes the time machine. It's what I call time machine. It's when you remind them of something warm and pleasant from the past that bonded you. Before you start browsing through hundreds of memories, let me save you time. In most cases, it would be food. 
food is one of the most powerful bonding experiences people can share together. No wonder many important meetings often take place in restaurants, right? And it doesn't matter if you and your prospect only had coffee once a few months ago, you still can use this memory to compile something like this. Hey, Mike, can you imagine? It's been three months since we had that mediocre coffee at Pete's together. So informal greeting plus food-related experience plus optional extras. Optional extras are important if you can handle them. Uh, in this case, it's uh, like Pete's, right? The Pete's coffee, the place, and mediocre. So you allow yourself to be a little sarcastic about the coffee, right? Uh, and these two things, they both summon emotional reactions and might even be considered funny. And funny is always a great bond, is, is, is always a great bonder. So informal greeting plus food-related experience plus optional extras will do the trick. Next, demonstrate that you're on top of things. So in this next section of my email, uh, I use something called a connector. So I connect the first part with the next part, right? Transition. So it goes like this. I've been in contact with some of your field leaders all this time, and I'm excited and happy your company is back on track and that your recent decisions have paid off. Here I'm switching from small talk to the big thing, but the transition should be smooth. And there is one more thing you absolutely need to keep in mind at all times when writing such emails. Never talk about you. Always talk about them. Yeah, I'm saying I've been in contact with, but the sentence is about me being happy for them, not me being happy for myself or me telling stories about me. So in one sentence, I'm demonstrating spot-on insider knowledge about the company, something that you absolutely need to know, do your homework. So I demonstrate that I know what they've been up to for a while, while we were not communicating, and I'm also complimenting on their success. It's all about them. And it's not some stupid flattering stuff I find in every cold email I get daily, like this guy who sent me a message the other day. Hey, boss, your company is intriguing. What is it you guys do? Like, don't be this guy. My company can't be intriguing unless you know what it does. Do your homework. A message like that makes you look stupid. And definitely don't be this guy who sent me a message saying, Dear Alex, allow me to ask to be connected with you as I remember that your name and techery were mentioned during a conversation at the last global YPO conference in Cape Town. What the fuck? He's obviously lying and hopes I'll be impressed and flattered. Instead, I'm pissed and, of course, unresponsive. So the next thing is address the vision, not the problem. Well, this one is actually very important. You need to dig it. Address the vision, not the problem. Here's how I do it. It goes like this. I also suspect the vision you guys had, the grand one, is still relevant. But I really address the problem, right? I mean, we could just switch, just replace word vision with problem. I also suspect the problem you guys had, the grand one, is still relevant. But here's the, here's the catch. Again, I keep it in formula and light. By this short but sharp phrase, I softly force my reader to think about the reason for my email, right? The vision. 
There's no second guessing, no vague descriptions. It's very short. It's on point. In your case, this phrase could look like uh, could look something like this. I also suspect the vision of bringing more customers to your branches is still relevant if you're emailing a VP of some bank. I can't stress this enough. I can't stress how important it is, but please hear me out. Even if you know exactly what problem your prospect has, never fucking call it a problem. Yeah, I know. All the books about sales advise you to find a problem and use this knowledge to sell your product or service. However, that is not how it really works. You see, you can't forget that your prospect is a person and people are emotional beings. If you tell them that they have a problem, their brain will automatically activate defense mechanisms because no one wants to admit that they have a problem, even if they do. And especially if you have a solution, because then it's a double shot. They won't admit they have a problem and they won't admit they need your help to solve the problem. Because what? That's right, because it makes them weak, not strong. And the whole point of business development is to find ways to empower your customers, not entrap them and shove your smart solution down their throats. Luckily for you, there is a word that can replace problem. That word is vision. Everyone wants to admit they have a vision, even if they don't. And one more remark about the formal style. It's almost never, uh, it's almost never cool to use it. The formal style. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure in what situations it's okay to use formality, but formal style is almost never cool to use, so try not to. And so you can easily, I mean, you can really easily cut out all the formal sentences you usually stuff your emails with. For example, I could write something like this to warm up my prospects before my vision sentence, right? So it would go like this. I'm very excited to have this opportunity to reconnect with you and see if we maybe have some new uh, interests and goals in common. I remember when we worked together, we shared a lot of the same principles, values, and goals, and I'm sure if we were to work together again, we would discover new groundbreaking areas to collaborate in. So the overall value of this paragraph is fucking zero kilobytes. So don't add anything like it to your emails. Next, have them say yes that you will not hear. That's right. It's a yes you cannot hear because it happens in their heads. So here, here comes the main dish. Here's, here's from my email. And if you, like me, have a feeling of some major in, unfinished task that's hanging over you about at night, like just like that sword from the Greek myths, hit me up. Perhaps it's time to reboot our relationship. I should have called this post, this episode, have them say yes, you will not hear actually, because that's exactly what you should how you, you should structure your ideal message. In this section, I do a very basic, but a super important thing. I level the field and I bring them to my level because I say, if you like me know that stuff, uh, or it brings, you know, or bring myself to their level. It doesn't matter. When you say, if you like me, blah, 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 you automatically make you and your reader peers. And peers are what? They're equal. And equals 
can't win or lose. They can only agree. So my question in the end of this paragraph is perfectly positioned because it's like them asking it too, right? Look at my entire email through the eyes of my prospect. Hey, gentlemen, can you imagine it's been a year since we had those amazing steaks at Bob's? And in their head, yes, the steaks were amazing. Then I'm saying, I've been in contact with some of your field leaders all this time and I'm excited and happy your company's back on track and that your recent decisions have paid off. In their heads, yes, we have made some good decisions. Yes, they have paid off. And then it goes, I also suspect the vision you guys had, the grand one, is still relevant. And in their head, they respond, yes, it is. And then I say, and if you, like me, have a feeling of some major unfinished task that's hanging over your bed at night, like that sword from the Greek myths, hit me up, perhaps it's time to reboot our relationship? And they respond, yes, we feel the same way. Yes, maybe it's time to do it. So by the end of my email, I have collected six yeses and zero no's. Have I heard any of those? No, because all of those yeses happened inside their hats, but I made them say yes. And that's the most important thing here. But you know why I collected six yeses and zero no's? Because I was selling nothing. I wasn't pitching anything. I wasn't talking about myself at all. My email wasn't vague either. I made it clear. I want to reboot our relationships. I don't want to sell you a product. I don't want to sell you a, you know, a service. I don't want to sell you men hours. I just want to reboot our relationships. That's it. And any VIP knows what that word means, relationships. It means that you're talking, you're taking your business seriously and you understand how things work. It's never just supply and demand, guys. Supply and demand like, hey, we need this app uh, uh, built. So who can, we, who can we give it to? Oh, these guys, because, well, there is demand, right? There is supply and there is demand. No, actually, it's never just supply and demand. Supply and demand are like an empty engine, one work without the fuel. And, as, and a long-term healthy relationship is that fuel. So supply and demand is a consequence of a good relationship. I mean, it's all like relationships, they create opportunities. Uh, if you happen to like be lucky to be in a situation when you actually hit a person at the right time, at the right moment when they're looking for a solution for a particular problem and you are offering that solution right at that moment, then, well, you're lucky. And I mean, it would still be a struggle to get the contract signed, but if you do, great, good for you. But how often is that? How often is that the case? How often can you actually guess when a prospect is ready to buy? It's almost never like that. Relationships create the opportunity when the prospect is ready to buy. When the prospect is in the market for your solution, he knows or she knows exactly who to call. That's that's how it's done, and that's the only way to a long-term uh, productive relationship. Of course, you need to be good, but that's like de by default. We're not talking about quality right now. So the last part here is called yes, but. So you think you've won already, right? I mean, yeah, we have a very compelling, almost perfect email. But we're not done until we prevent one certain thing from happening. Objection. 
Because no matter what you got in your bag, rest assured, somebody is already selling your stuff to your prospect, your stuff to your prospect. That's right. If you're selling your app development services, then somebody is already selling those services to your prospect, either through cold emails or maybe they have an internal IT department and they're trying out a couple of guys who are absolute morons in most cases, I'm sorry, uh, who can't do shit, but while they're trying and your prospect has no idea if they're morons or not, he or she just trusts the IT department to do the job and months will pass until uh, they find out they were absolutely unqualified to do the job, but that's not a good thing for you, right? So rest assured, somebody's already selling your stuff to your prospect in one form or another. So how do you tackle that? How do you prevent this entire thing from happening, uh, this entire objection from happening? How can you differentiate yourself so much that you will not be in the same category as their moronic internal staff for example, uh, unqualified staff. I'm, of course, I'm not talking about all this, you know, all internal staff in all companies, but just about particular examples from my past. How can you differentiate yourself? Well, I did it by this PS note at the end of the email saying, yeah, I know you have your IT, but you need innovation. It can be done from the inside. And I even wrote an article about it and the link to the article, and I did, and you should too. And what happens in their head at that moment? What do you think? What do you think happens? And I, I'm pretty sure they responded something like, yes, that's right. So I promised you an update about the call. So we talked. And all I can say is that my email has paid off. I have just finished a 13-page presentation and I'm showing that I'm showing to them tomorrow, July 19th. I'm recording this on July 18th, uh, 2019. I'm, I'm, I'm going to update you how the presentation goes and uh, how this whole thing unfolds. But even by now, uh, you know, by all standards, it's pretty cool. And if all goes well, we're actually potentially looking at a 10 plus million dollar deal over the course of two years. Not bad for one email, right? It came out of nowhere. And just like that, I have created an opportunity for my company out of old relationship everyone forgot about already. But there's always a chance. Only seven days passed after I sent that first reboot email. And I'm already scheduled to present our vision. Use this experience to try to reboot your old relationships as you never know what's up with whom. But you will never find out unless you ask them. And please, comment and email me directly if you have any questions or need some extra help because uh, this is a very, very cool topic and I'm pretty sure that if you don't just you know keep sitting on your butt, but you will actually start emailing your old prospects, your old clients and using the right format, the one that I'm presenting here. I mean, you can, you're free to customize it however you like, of course. I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll, you'll do good and you will find a lot of great opportunities down the road. I'll try to respond to as many requests as I can, uh, but obviously uh, there could be too many. So I thank you for listening to this podcast. It's an audio version of my post, uh, which is posted on my blog, uh, RaisingAUnicorn.com, uh, and uh, on Instagram, Raising a Unicorn, and on Facebook, I guess, Raising a Unicorn. So it's all Raising a Unicorn. 
uh, resources. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff there that could also be very, very valuable for you if you're in business development, if you're trying to sell to the VIP, if you're trying to up your game. Uh, you're learning from me, Alex Pshinanikov. I'm the co-founder of Techery and uh, co-founder and CEO of AppSpector and Trill, uh, very successful tech companies. I'm doing pretty good, living a dream, but uh, living the dream. But I'm, I'm finally ready to start uh, sharing my experiences with other software companies because I want this industry to thrive and I want more quality uh, and less quantity because um, it's getting harder for the good people who decided to start IT companies and good people who are trying to sell their amazing services. It's getting harder for them to do so just because, not because they're bad, not because they're bad salespeople or something, just because the quantity of cold emails and all those cold pitches, the quantity is just out of control. And the quality of those pitches and those cold emails is just terrible. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, somehow that uh, affects our prospects, our potential customers, and they start comparing and they start thinking that uh, we're all the same and we're not. Each company is individual and very special and uh, amazing or not amazing or, and not special, then it, it has to die. But the ones that are special and amazing, they have to thrive. And that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm, I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to help those who are ready to listen, who are ready to transform, who are ready to step up their game. Uh, and well, I'll, I'll continue doing this uh, until I see some results. So far, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm happy that uh, you're here and I wish you luck. Thanks. Okay, perfect. Hope this episode made you generate a ton of interesting thoughts and ideas and you had fun because I certainly have. And if you have too, be a responsible listener and subscribe to my podcast. Feel free to leave a comment and hit that like button. If you decide to share this episode with your precious social following, oh man, that would make my day. I really do so appreciate your time here. Please let me know if there is anything I can do for you. Love to help in any way. And again, so appreciate your support. Stay cool. Cheers. Thank you.